you want to it's the Ron and Don show starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at ronanddon.com Hey you guys what's going on welcome to episode 560 now of the Ron and Don show and we are live from the Les Schwab studio What is up Ron and Don nation Hey coming up on the Ron and Don show does your dog truly love you also is chat gpt is it already obsolete and extinct before we get to that though let's get to this I'm grappling with this the Surgeon General came out the other day and said, cigarette smoking may be bad for your health. <laughs> I think that was 50 years ago. <laughs> it seems like the Surgeon General is always kind of late on things. Uh, and the Surgeon General, of course, uh, speaking on behalf of his own office, on behalf of the White House, saying they are concerned about social media. And they're saying that social media may be bad for kids. That's not new to me. It was interesting that it was news to the White House. So your thoughts? Well, for the government to make an official proclamation like this, like they had to do some studies, do some research, and have some sort of, you know, you have to establish what is baseline health for a kid in the digital age, and then what influences something either, either way. It's not as easy as us having an opinion. They have to have some facts to back it up. So the first Surgeon General, they've come out and, and given basically a warning to parents and I guess this would be a question for you. You're sort of representative of a kid that's a digital native, meaning that their entire life of uh, these uh, phones and apps and the internet is native to them. I remember when uh, your son was maybe, I don't know, five or six, he came over to my house and we were playing something and he walked up to my TV and he started, he wanted to touch the TV like it was an iPad. Which made oh, really? made complete sense, yeah. Because he every other screen probably in his life up to that point you could touch yeah. and make it respond, and so his instinct was as a little guy yeah. was to just go over and like I want to watch that or I want to play this video game, um, and like you and I, that would have never been our instinct at yeah. that age. So deciding what is harmful and what isn't harmful, I think it's significant. So how do how do you digest this? Um, you know, it'd be real easy to just go, oh, you're never going to have a phone, um, or I'm going to limit your screen time in some draconian way, but it's, it's everywhere. Like I'm, I'm certain that when your son goes to school, he has access to other kids' phones, uh, the internet, pornography, like anything that you would want, music, entertainment, rumors, uh, it's, it's all available to them. Um, how do you process this? Yeah, it's interesting because I one of my adventure partners, uh, her name is Liz, and Liz is a great mom of two boys. And her boys are very different. Uh, and one's a super athlete, another one's a super musician. And and my son, personality-wise, kind of falls between these 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 two boys. Something that that she did when they got phones is she has trackers on the phones to the point where she can track all their text messages. She can she can check all their emails. She knows exactly where they are. She knows when they check into school. She knows when they're late for school. Uh, we were on an adventure states away, 
and she could see that her son was still at home and he'd been snowboarding the day before and he was running late to school. So she can just look at the phone and she sees that. And, and, and the boys know that it's just, it's part of the culture of their house. And she told them, and I think this is really powerful. She said, I, I just want you to know, I have access to, uh, to all your text messages. I have access to all your emails. And she said, I don't plan on ever reading them, but I have access to them. Uh, and she told me that she's never read them. She's never looked at them, uh, but she has access to them if she needs those. And, and then she started talking about kind of some of the rules that, that they have around the phone. And, and she said, hey, look, there, you, you know, you, you and I were born in an age where we lived with tech and without tech. We live with low tech, more tech. If you think about it, this phone right here that I'm holding, there's more technology than what initially was used to fly the, the space shuttle or, or send a man to the moon. So we have more technology in our hands, which is really powerful. The th my concern about the phone is that the phone becomes a mirror of a life that's not real. And that's my concern about social media. Because even when we were, we were just posing for a picture uh, down in South Center, and we were having a very nice lunch down there. And, and I think the picture reflects... Kind of how the lunch went. I, th I think it's a good reflection. We had a nice time. We were meeting with a client. Uh, and typically, we like to sit down with people if we can after the deal is done and go share a meal together, uh, which I love. Um, but sometimes I look at some of the things that my son's friends will post out on social media. And, and maybe you're trying to be someone you're not. Maybe you're trying to try something on. Uh, to see if it fits, which is what you do in your adolescence, right? Uh, I even think of, we lost a football game the other day, and some of the things that can be magnified after you've lost a football game and you're just walking away from it, and the way that the kids sometimes can go after each other on social media because of the football game. Uh, and everybody can be bold when you're sitting at home and you have a phone or you're on a keyboard. It's different when you're with people face-to-face. And I can really see in, in his age group specifically, he's very curious and, and wants to know other kids. Like, I don't even know if you know the names of all our uh, the kids on our football team. No. My son knew all their names uh, the day that he met all of them. We're driving home in the car. He can name every single one of their names. He's very good that way. Yeah. If you ask any of the other kids in that group, most of them didn't know anyone's name. In fact, a lot of them, and we're going to talk about this at the next practice because I saw some of them getting on each other. And I said, what's his name? Because uh, he had made a bad play. And, 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 and I said, you should know, that's your teammate. You should know his name. And this is a kid that carries a phone around in his pocket. And as soon as he leaves football, boom, his phone is out. And, and, and this phone now has, has all his attention. So I'm, I'm concerned about that. At the same time, uh, what I've decided to do is I have a phone for him. In fact, uh, it was repaired yesterday. It's sitting in a drawer and it's waiting and in order to get to that phone, and he knows the phone's in the drawer, he has to write his own rules for his phone. And once we can agree upon what those rules are, then, and you and I were talking about this the other day, Ron, you're like, hey, are you going to enforce the rules? Because from what I've read, it's very important to enforce those rules. Sometimes you don't want to enforce the rules of taking the phone away or taking a kid's car away because it makes your life harder. Of course. Because now you have to drive them or now you have to find out a, a, a different way to communicate with them. So I don't want, I don't want the, the phone to become a punitive thing. And at the same time, I don't want it to take over our household. We have a pretty good rhythm to our life right now. 
and and we have built into our week things that we do. There's there's a thing we do every Monday, and there's something else that we do on Tuesday, and there's a certain place that we eat. We're on Wednesday. I'm going to pick them up from school today, and we do something on Thursday. Uh, two times a month on a Friday, I've shared we check in with each other's mental health, and we go get ice cream. Well, you so, can just blame it on the Surgeon General. Got <laughs> a scapegoat now. So anyway, that's what we're going to try to do. Get some rules around it. And uh, and yeah, I think you have to do the same thing with social media. And we just have to really make sure that our kids understand that a lot of the things that you see on social media, it's just a land of effing make-believe, and it's not even real. So don't chase that life that doesn't exist. Uh, see if you can stay home uh, and live your life right now. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of The Ron and Don Show. You want to get in touch with us? You can just reach out, right? Yeah, Ron at Ronadon.com, or uh, you can go to Ronadonsitdown.com. Let's start that journey. Let's sit down. We would love to uh, partner with you and have a great outcome. Yeah, don't go anywhere. On the other side of this, uh, yeah, we're going to find out if Charlie actually loves Ron. <laughs> Hey, you guys, I don't know what it is about the Ron and Don business, but I just want to thank everybody for reaching out and trusting us. When it comes to a real estate transaction, a lot of times it's hard to figure out where does it start, where does it end, especially if you're selling your home. Maybe it involves your parent. Maybe you have the power of attorney. Maybe there was an accident. Maybe they fell. Maybe they died suddenly. We have so many of you that are reaching out to us and saying, hey, I have my mom's house, my dad's house, their estate. We need realtors to help us out here. And... I just appreciate all the trust that was connected during our terrestrial radio days. Ron, it's alive and well in our real estate business, isn't it? Yeah, if you're in that situation, or it could be another situation like a job change, life comes at you, throws you a curveball, something unexpected, and real estate is involved, we want to be your teammate. So let's start out, see if we'll make a good team, and do a sit-down. It's a Zoom call, it's virtual, it takes about 30 minutes or so, and I will set it up for you. Just email me directly, ron at ronandon.com, or you can set it up online at ron and Don sitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. A lot of people got uh, animals, specifically dogs, uh, during the pandemic. Some of those people no longer take care of those dogs. Dog shelters are filled. So if you're looking for a dog right now, you might stop by a shelter. Lots of that going on. Uh, we have a new neighbor that just moved in next door. He has one really loud German Shepherd and two really yelpy dogs. I got to say, it drives me a little nuts. The Yelpy dogs drive me a little nuts. Uh, new research out, Ron, is these Yelpy dogs in this uh, dog next door, uh, do they love my neighbor? Who knows? Maybe they love me. They say uh, uh, when, it, when it comes to animals and them expressing love, uh, a lot of us feel like uh, our dogs can understand language and that they can understand love. They also, we have to understand they have an IQ of about 20, uh, which isn't a bad if you're a dog. So nonetheless, do I feel like Charlie loves me? I don't. I feel like he respects me. I feel like he loves you, and I feel like he loves Gunner. And and when mom's around, he uh, he loves my mom a lot too. But with me, it it was weird because like my grandparents, my mom's parents, I had a real connection with. And my mom didn't have the same connection with her parents that I had with her parents. And I think it's because any time that you are the representation of boundaries, like her parents had to be for her, the relationship is different. And for me, it's the same with Charlie. 
Charlie has to have boundaries. If he doesn't, he starts going in the house. One of the things, if you started letting him get on furniture, uh, he will start to chew the furniture. He will start to go to the bathroom in the house. He just, he has, as long as he has boundaries, people come over and they think they're being cute when they let him on the furniture or they feed him human food. And it's not cute because when those boundaries go away, he turns into, uh, he, he, he can be he can be a handful, especially when he was younger. So, what what say you? Do you feel like Charlie loves you because he's uh, he's sitting at your feet? He always does when you come over. Well, that's the question that that uh, scientists were looking at. They're like, how how can we crack this code? I mean, people have thought about this for thousands of years. It's like, am I just the treat machine uh, for this and provider for this animal, um, or do they have any sort of emotional inner life? How do we how do we know that? How can we measure that? And so there's been some pretty big breakthroughs uh, in canine research in the past few years. And one of the things is that a a guy had a dog that he was his best friend. Uh, the dog passed away, and he had these questions of like, did that dog actually love me? And so, and he happened to be a brain scientist. So uh, he got a new dog to replace that dog, and he's like, I wonder if. I could train this dog to lay still enough where I could do an fMRI on the dog. It's a functional brain imaging. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about fMRIs is that you are watching the brain activate in real time. So you're inside this tube, um, it's scanning the brain, and then for instance, they might show you an image or play a sound or you experience a smell, then they watch which part of the brain lights up. And they've been doing this in humans for quite a while uh, for traumatic brain injuries and, and other types of research. And so what they did is, so he, he did train his dog because it's very loud. I don't know if you, have you ever, have you done a scan like that before a cat scan or anything? Wow. So it's really loud and claustrophobic. I imagine it was tough for you with how just confined it is. And so with the, they, he trained his dog to jump up into the tube. They sort of put some earmuffs on the dog so that it's not as loud, but it's still very loud. And so then they get a baseline scan of the dog's brain. And then what his methodology was is like, I'm going to get his absolute favorite things. So his favorite sounds, his favorite uh, treat, and then uh, his favorite person, who I'm hoping is me. So they just want to get a baseline of which areas of the brain light up for these things. So dog's in there. It's chilling out. It's learned to be still. They get this baseline scan. He gives it the, the treat that the dog loves, and this specific center of the brain lights up consistently. When you give that dog the treat, the brain lights up in this one area. And so that was a reliable indicator. Then they did the same thing without the treat, but with his human. So with the human that they believe the dog was bonded with, an almost identical area of the brain lit up. And so what the conclusion that they're saying is, is that we don't know if we if it's love in the human sense of the word, but it is the area of the brain that represents feeling positive and wanting something and like getting pleasure from something, that same area of the brain is lighting up when the dog is around that person. The other thing that they said that, that is really inventive, if you will, is that dogs have evolved in a way where they have integrated themselves to, into a family and live inside a house. He said, that, that's, a, that's a complicated fee. I never thought of it in this way, but that's complicated. And they actually, dogs have more um, eye muscle and face muscle um, 
dexterity than wolves do, meaning that dogs can dogs have evolved in a way to make more face expressions, have bigger puppy dog eyes, if you will, and you know how dogs can give you that look. And so um, they're saying that that's an evolutionary thing where they've learned to read our body language, read the dynamic of a family, and insert themselves into that family. And in a sense, dogs can sense and know how to behave in certain family dynamics. And that's that's pretty remarkable. So the, the basic answer is yes. For the version of dog affection, they love you in air quotes in the way that their brain lights up in the same way for their things that they love in air quotes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. See you guys in 60 seconds. All right, you guys, we're sitting here with uh, Mitch from Mitch.Loans and Ron. It's kind of weird. Mitch came in here with a leverage board, and he has a bunch of levers in front of him. What's going on here? That's right, Mitch. First-time homebuyers, I don't know if they understand they're using leveraged money to create wealth. Explain that. That's correct. So let's say on a million-dollar house, you put 20% down. Your investment is $200,000. When people talk about homes going up 20%, that's your home going from 1% to one2 one million two hundred thousand dollars, right? So your investment of two hundred thousand dollars has turned into four hundred thousand dollars. You're doubling your investment. Your investment didn't go up twenty percent. Your investment went up a hundred percent. Right. And so when you talk about getting a loan, and even if you did less than that, let's say you put ten percent down, your money, your equity is even a greater position because you're able to get into a loan with less than twenty percent. Absolutely, one hundred thousand has turned into three hundred thousand. Right. So when uh, you talk to Mitch and you go to Mitch Loans, explore these options. You're down payment, what the projected increase in the house is going to be, and what your equity position will be down the road. Those are the kind of things that Mitch will walk you through when you do a process with him and you're going to get a loan. So start things off right now at Mitch.Loans. That's Mitch.Loans. Oh, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. We've talked a lot about chat GPT. Uh, I was speaking with a relative of mine that works for a large tech company here that you've probably heard of. They're an executive there. And, and I asked them, I said, how do you feel about ChatGPT? And he said he really likes it. As a, He looks at ChatGPT, uh, which he feels like in a lot of ways is now obsolete. People are saying this and that there's other uh, uh, chatbots that you can use that, that, that really work well as, as a co-pilot, depending on the, the type of work that you do. And he said so many people are afraid of losing their job Versus asking themselves, how can I take this technology? How can I use it and, and morph it and embrace it? And how can this technology actually help me with the job that I'm doing right now? And maybe it changes the way that that job looks, right? If you're, I think of, if, if you're writing copy, for instance, at a radio station, somebody still has to bring in the talent. Somebody still has to record the talent, right? Somebody still Not has necessarily. to run the- Have you seen these new songs? There's a, some new songs where someone has AI-generated Biggie and Tupac doing like a Jay-Z and Kanye song. Yeah. And it's they never cut that song, but it's <laughs> clearly their voices. Yeah. And so we are going to – and there's, there's another movement online where people take famous films and they redo them – 
as a Wes Anderson movie. So Star Wars, oh, that's and awesome. it's Bill Murray as Obi-Wan. Oh, wow. It's, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. Like, it's almost a photorealistic Bill Murray. Yeah. And so, um, and it's set up to like a Wes Anderson-looking film. So, like, it's getting to the point where you won't need to bring in the voice talent. Yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying. Well, 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 well the point being... If, if you, in, instead of being afraid of the technology, embrace the technology because the technology is not going anywhere. Uh, there's a little book called Who Moved My Cheese. Read it. If your cheese has been moved, if you've been fired from a job, it'll, it'll help you, I think, to have the right mindset when it comes to that. But I, but I think this is really a good time for all of us. You know, radio didn't really do that. When it came to podcasting, radio had no idea that, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan, for instance, was trying to get on the radio. Nobody would hire him. Nobody was interested in hiring Joe Rogan. Uh, he said that's why he started his podcast. And people laughed at him when he started that podcast. And nobody listened to him when he started that podcast. And so what he started doing just through being on the stand-up circuit is he started asking some of his friends to come on the podcast with him. And then he's curious about a lot of things when it comes to science and medicine, when it comes to politics. So he started having people on, and he would just book those people himself. To this day, even though now he's making over $100 million a year on his podcast, it's very successful. It's kind of how he still books the show. He just kind of texts people back and forth and just says, hey, do you want to come on? Uh, and now, here we are 15 years later. It's one of the fastest growing, biggest, most lucrative podcasts in the country. And there's a lot of people that are waking up now and saying, do I want to listen to local radio? Or do maybe I want to tune in and listen to someone like Joe I think Joe the Rogan. thing that, that I continue to go back to on these chatbots and, and AI advancements is is who's it for and what's it for? So in other words, for our industry, let's say with, with real estate, what's it for? Well, I, I've used it a couple of times to help me start um, a property description. Just to get something on, uh, instead of having a blank page, just give me a couple of details. And then I go back in and rewrite everything. And I may not use anything that the chat uh, AI started, but it just, it helps you to prime. There's nothing worse than sitting with that blank screen and the cursor's blinking at you. So when you start with something, it's easier to, to make it spark. So that's something that's used for. But then at the end of this thing, um, like yesterday we had a situation that was all about human beings, a chat bot or an AI would look at a real estate. We had a contract issue with real estate. Everything in there was textbook. Everything was accurate. Everything was, was ready to go. But the human beings on the end of this weren't ready to go. And so what happens then if you're a chatbot? Well, as a human being, I have to I have to read the room and go, oh, even though nothing is incorrect with this, like it's technically proficient, doesn't mean that they're going to do the thing I want them to do because it's a human being. So now I have to switch into like a psychology mode away from like whether or not it's chat GPT and just go, what does this human being need right now? What does this human being want? Why, why are they behaving in this way? And maybe an AI could get there eventually, but for right now in our business, you still have to look up from the computer and go, something's not right. How do I fix that? There's one, two, three, four, six human beings involved in this right now. How, how do I navigate this to where I do my best for our client? I don't blow up anything. I don't offend other people. And I still am able to get this. I think that that to me is years away 
from if ever from from a computer being able to do that kind of nuance. Yeah, but but the point and, and going back to the to, to my point about terrestrial radio, there there were people within terrestrial radio that never really saw the podcast coming until the podcast was here, and now a lot of those ears are listening to podcasts. They're not listening to terrestrial radio, and there's some people that are stuck in terrestrial radio or got fired from terrestrial radio, got let go from terrestrial radio like we did and you, and and you had to pivot and so now we have this podcast and as a result of that we don't need a bunch of salespeople. we don't need a building we don't need we're sitting in a studio in my house right now with all the les schwab our, studios yeah the les schwab studios so so it, it it's important i think to look at this technology there certainly is a big pivot here, but how can I use this technology to help myself? I was talking to a friend yesterday who helps people with meal plans, nutrition, and then they help them with kind of a workout schedule. And they're like, we're going to lose all our business here because people are going to just be, be able to go online and type in information and they're going to have these customized plans. I said, but you have to understand people are coming. They're coming to you because you're an expert, right? And and so we talked about different ways that they could actually use something like chat GPT uh, in order to make their business better. And after talking and speaking with them about it, and they walked away. And in fact, I saw it reflected on a reel that they put online today. And they said, okay, now I know how to use that technology and I know how to use that in my business. I'm not going to be afraid of it stealing business from me, but I'm going to use this technology in my business in order to pivot and, and keep moving forward. Yeah. So. What's it for? So if you show them a different way of what it is for that, um, it helps. And that's why I know like we're, we're wrapping up the show when I think about doing a real estate transaction and I think about all the intricacies of that. Yeah. A lot of it could be done by a computer, but a computer's not going to be there at 10 30 PM. Sometimes when we get a panic text, when the pressure is on and someone's life is happening and they need a human being to say, I got your back. It's going to be okay. We're going to put this fire out. We're going to handle this and we're going to get you there. It's just, there are so many elements that need a competent human being to do that. But yeah, there will be things in the coming years, maybe even the coming months that we could offload uh, to an AI. And that'll be great. But until that time, people still need a human to take them out to lunch and go, we're going to do this. You're, you're moving. You're not moving an AI. You're physically moving. All of your stuff has to be out. Yeah. We're getting you to a new chapter of your life. That takes human beings. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out at ronanddonsitdown.com. And you can also get a copy of our buyer's playbook and our seller's playbook. Yeah, ronanddon.com. Uh, you can email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. And sign up for that newsletter. It's called The Nation News. It's up at the top of your screen. And uh, we would love to meet with you and, and strategize. Again, if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to move this fall, you better meet with us right now. Yeah, if you need help with financing, Mitch.loans, uh, he'll, he'll take your phone call. And I want to thank Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. they got a great summer sale going on, $200 off uh, specific sets of, I think you have to buy four to get $200 off. So stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. and uh, Unless you have a five-wheeled vehicle. There you go. I'll take care of you today. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for a real estate-only episode of The Ron and Don Show. It drops tomorrow on Friday. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show only on The Ron and Don Radio Network.
Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.